All right, y'all, it's spring, and you know what that means. It's time to start planning our summer festival traveling. Yep, it's time to get into my Airbnb bag cross-country, a.k.a. uh, time to visit my homes all across the country. And you know what I never think about? Why not list my own spot on Airbnb and host some folks at my house? I mean, my house is cute. Yes, let's make money while we're spending money. Just trying to help you out, man, because your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. Questlove Supreme may contain language that some of our listeners may find offensive. Listener discretion is advised. What's up, y'all? Welcome to QLS Classic. This is Questlove. Uh, we did the Bobby Brown episode, I believe, in the summer of 2018. Uh, this is right before his BET two-part special came on, way after the new edition BET special came on. And, of course... Uh, his story alone, bananas, and that's putting it lightly, uh, especially the parts about Miss Jackson. It was nasty. Anyway, for me, I think it, it it was also important not to just focus on the salacious, controversial side to Mr. Brown. Like, there's other sides to him that people don't know about. So for us, it was like a way to humanize him more than he normally is in, in other interviews. And uh, I think we did a pretty good job at covering both of them. Uh, So this is the Bobby Brown QLS Classic episode. Hope you enjoy it. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema. Suprema Roll Call. My name is Questlove. Yeah. That's what they call me. Yeah. Ah. Yeah. Ah. 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 Sugar, yeah, gonna show you how, yeah, to stay in this corner, yeah, and cool it now. (laughs) Suprema, Suprema roll call, Suprema, Suprema roll call. Here's one thing, yeah, Boss Bill wants to know, yeah, did you ever get that proton pack, yeah, for your little bro? (laughs) Roll call. 
Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. It's La Ia. Yeah. And Bobby, so nice. Yeah. I know I'ma love you. Yeah. For most of my life. Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. Suprema, Suprema Roll Call. My name is Bobby. Yeah. Here's just a just. Yeah. Here. Chilling, yeah, with my man Quest. Roll call, come on, Suprema, Suprema, roll call, Suprema, Suprema, roll call, Suprema, Suprema, roll call, Suprema, Suprema, roll call. Okay, that's how you answer shit. I'm up. I'm up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> welcome to another episode of Questlove Supreme. I'm Questlove. Uh, what's up, Team Supreme? What up? What yeah. up? Supreme. Yeah. Awesome, fucking awesome. Yo, yeah. this is this fucking is, awesome. Sorry, just this fucking awesome. Number one, like this is this is, this is why we started this podcast. Exactly yeah. for moments like this, yes. straight up, <laughs> no lie, straight up. Ladies and gentlemen, our guest today is simply the king, the king, the king. Yeah. Hey. yes, the king, There's king this. of stage, king of Roxbury, R and B, New Jack Swing, king of fried chicken too. That's what we hear. Yeah. Right? Yes, oh we're, yeah, we heard his fried that. chicken this morning. Yes, king of prerogatives, king of rules. <laughs> Yo, I want to thank Bobby Brown for introducing the word prerogative to yes. the black community. Yes. Yes. We did not know what that word I was. I never heard that word. <laughs> you, you have to really understand something. I didn't know what the word was at first. <laughs> I even spelled the word wrong on the record. Uh-oh. And the dictionary corrected it in the dictionary. Wow. wow. Wait, what? So they rewrote it the like I said it. it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and like I spelled it. <laughs> so it was just like it was it was weird for me. I was because it's prerogative. It's not prerogative. What? It's wow. prerogative. That's what? the proper that's way to say it. That's the proper way okay. to say it. <laughs> but they changed it in the dictionary to be prerogative. Wait, the king of Webster's. Robert Barrisford Brown. Yes. To Questlove Supreme. Yes. Thank you for having me. Thank yes. you for having me, brother. Sister. Wait a minute. So the way I've been spelling prerogative has been wrong all it's, the time. It's been wrong, but... The whole world. It's been right, yeah. The whole world. He introduced that word to the world. Yeah. Who knew what the fuck a prerogative was I sure until Bobby Brown? It's like, this is what? What is that? But you know what? It sure as hell came in, in handy when I was had to, had to take them vocabulary tests. <laughs> <laughs> so, <Yeah. no. laughs> but what's this eight-year-old boy know what a prerogative is? Oh, exactly. It's Bobby Brown. Thank Bobby Brown. <laughs> so how you doing today, bro? I'm wonderful, man. I'm I'm just I'm just happy today. Um. Last night we had uh, the first viewing, the first premiere of, of the Bobby Brown story, and it just went over really good. The acceptance from the the people that saw it was uh, it was out of here. I'm he- I'm hearing good things about it. And I hear yeah. Woody McLean is he's Bobby is you yeah yeah I, I'm 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 gonna sit down in a little while after this tour. And just let him be Bobby, you know. <laughs> you know, just stay at home with my kids and my wife and let him go out on the tours send and be Bobby. Home. Yeah, send my check back. <laughs> What's wrong with it? What, what, what is the process of, especially, I mean, this being your second biopic, uh-huh. like, is there a certain amount of time that you have to spend with the person playing you? Do you guys just talk on the phone a lot? Is it like how long did it take him to? Well, with 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 me and Woody, um, 
me and Woody got to know each other a lot in when he was doing the biopic for New Edition. Okay. And after that, you know, we knew that we couldn't find somebody else that could play that role that well, right. you know, for my movie. And um, we called him up, and me and him had been hanging and, you know, just going to lunch and talking. And he, he developed all of my mannerisms. He hung out with my kids, so he knew my kids. And my my young one of my daughters, she's three years old, swears that Woody's a boyfriend. <laughs> so, you know, I'm just, I'm just, you know, I try to keep them far away from each other. But, um, no, Woody's just, he's just a great kid, and he's very, extremely talented. Um, and I just thought that, you know what, let's give this boy another shot at it and, and, and watch him just soar. And he's about to he's about to soar. Now, did you use the same younger guy for the from the new edition? Yes, yes. yes. Oh, Thank you. So Thank yeah, you. I had to I had Thank to keep you. it I had to keep it real and gully. Okay. You know, um, it was just it was just meant to be. You know, the way they play off of each other. You know, the way they get together and they and they talk about you know the role of being Bobby and and knowing the um, the person, knowing me. And being able to be around me and um, see how I am as a person, you know, I think gave them a lot of um, confidence and a lot of um, insight on who I am and how do you play this strange character. Um, <laughs> and they they pulled it off. Because how does the younger how does the younger Bobby who does he go to? He goes to me. He just goes to you. He yeah. goes to That's me. Right. He goes to me and my youngest son. My not my youngest son, but. But to little Bobby, you know, um, isn't that uh, my man from uh, Stranger Things? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Caleb. Uh, yeah, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. No, he's good. He's yeah, good. he's really good. He's, good. he's really good, and such a cool little dude. I mean, you know, I saw him last night, and me, him, and Woody were just sitting there, and I was just congratulating them. Excuse me on on the great job that they had did, because you know they just brought the whole they brought the whole Bobby across so well i mean and i was just i was sitting there and i was just like i was almost in tears at some time but then i was like pull it back pull it back <laughs> you know don't don't cry in front of all of these people so, so what angle uh did or approach did you take to telling your life story that was different than the the new edition biopic because um, i know when you first came it was like when you first met ralph or whatever like so this deals with your life in your household and at Roxbury. Yes, this deals with um, um, the first time I experienced tragedy. Oh. The first time that um, I lost someone in my life. Okay. Um, when I was young, I was just a child, and I had lost my grandmother. Okay. And um, right after my grandmother, right after her funeral, you know, and and me, you know, not feeling not feeling anybody. Um, my best friend, Jimmy, was able to, you know, pick me up and was like, come on, let's go have some fun. Because I was just, I was done. I mean, done, because she was the one that turned me on to music, you know. Um, she had every record, every album of every artist in her house, and she would just let me play all of the music that I wanted to and listen to everything that I wanted to listen to and she would show me different things to listen to and then she taught me how to play piano and um, when she passed it was just like 
now where do I now where do I get this this music from? Where do I get this passion that I'm I have in my heart? Um, and once I um once I lost her and me and Jimmy, uh, it's the first scene. So me and Jimmy, um, we steal some bikes. You know, we go riding on the bikes and we pull up to a you know a house party, and you know, somebody messes with the bikes that we just stole. And he got into a fight with this Spanish guy. Mm-hmm. And um, the guy, you know, Jimmy was whooping his, you know, whooping his ass. And somebody threw the guy threw the guy a knife. And mm-hmm. the guy, um, one of my boys kicked him in the back. And he lunged towards Jimmy and, oh, no, man. and killed him, stabbed him in his heart. And um, that was the second, the second, you know, um, tragedy and that was the that was the point that was the time when I got to the point where it wasn't about um, mourning or anything like that it was about um, getting myself out of the situation that I was in getting my family out of the projects getting my family to better better surroundings and um, that's when I created a new edition and um, from that point it was it's all history so you officially created new like were you the 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 epicenter, the the one that gathered them yes, together. Yes, yes. Okay. I asked Michael Bivens did he want to join my group because I had been doing talent shows by myself. Okay. So I knew all of them. Um, we all stayed on different sides of the projects. So I I talked to Michael. You know, asked him did he want to be in a group with me. He said, you know, yeah, you know, as long as it don't interfere with my basketball. But it did. <laughs> <laughs> it did. Clearly, and then, I, and it did. then we asked Ricky. And Ricky was like, he was totally down. And uh, Ricky said, you know, I, I know this kid that could really sing, that could really sing. And I was saying to him, you know, I'm going to be doing most of the vocals. I'm going to be, you know, the singer, the lead singer. Mm-hmm. And when I heard Ralph singing, I just lost it. I was like, no, okay, okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that's cool. He can he can do the songs. So I, I, I eventually... Um, put myself in the background a little bit, you know. Um, and you was okay with that? You I was, was cool. okay I was okay with it because he sounded too much like Michael Jackson. Yeah. And it was just like, you know, um, this is this this is how we're going to get out of here. We're going to get out of here by not imitating, but being the second coming of uh, uh, of the, the finest boy band ever in history, which is the Jacksons. And um, us coming behind them, was just everything. Then we met Ronnie from uh, our choreographer, um, Brooke Payne. Payne. How did you, how did you, who officially met Brooke Payne? Me, Michael, and Ricky. Okay. Yeah. Me, Michael, and Ricky went up to him and we was like, you know, we was like, we want y'all, we want you to, um, well, Ralph was there also. Um, We was like, we want you to check us out. We want you to manage us because he was managing so many groups and, in our neighborhood, um, the Untouchables, Transitions, you know, and these boys were sharp. I mean. Were they all singing? Trans- and yeah. Just, yeah, they were singing and dancing, and they were just, they was a lot older okay. than we were. Real quick, um, the Transitions, I, I was reading your book, and I noticed that, and um, I believe Biv was in that group, right? It was a dance no, troupe? No, no. Uh, he was involved with them at Biv came back no. with another group called yeah, the, the Transitions. Yeah, Transitions later on. I was wondering if it was the same crew. No, okay. no, okay. no, me and, me and Biv, Worked with a group, I forget the name of them, but, you know, me and Mike danced with this group. And um, 
we uh <laughs> when we wanted to leave, they didn't they wouldn't let us leave, so we broke in their house and we stole the trophies. Wait, wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> we broke in the house and stole all the trophies that we had won because they wouldn't let us take the trophy trophies home with us. So and we knew we we were the, you know, the reason yeah, we they, won they, those trophies. <laughs> right. So they wouldn't let us get the trophies. So we broke in the house and took the trophies and Mike would let let me have it for a week and I'd give it to him and he'd keep it at his house for a week. And None of them came to you like Someone took our trophies. Do you know who did it? Nope. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, they, they didn't. They didn't even think. They didn't even think about that. I, I hear a lot about what life was like in Roxbury. Mm-hmm. You know, but usually it's like, "Yo, man, don't mess with Roxbury." But what was Roxbury the toughest of the tough? Like, was that? Roxbury- what was it like growing up in a, a city, especially with racial tensions were so high between black and white people up there? And- Badly high, you know. Um, we couldn't go in their neighborhood at all. We couldn't go in South Boston without being jumped or bricked, or you know. We had to pass through there to get to another project, which which was Columbia Point, which uh, most of our most of our people that lived in Orchard Park had some family in Columbia Point, so it was hard to get through get through South Boston to get to Columbia Point. Columbia Point was like where the beach was and, mm-hmm. you know, um, all of that type of stuff, the clam digging and fishing and all of that. Um, but, yeah, it was, it, was, it, was, it was just, you know, it's just, I don't know. Boston is so diverse, but it's, it's still probably the most prejudiced city. Divided, yeah. Yeah, in, in this country Even right now. Even still? Even still. Wow. Even still. But you know, since since hip hop has come along, they basically tried to be us, you know, and I think that's what they was mad about before because they wanted to be us, and just didn't have the color for you know the connection. Is Boston still home for you, or are you based out here now? I'm based in Los Angeles, okay. um, Woodland Hills, with my family, and. I'm very happy. I'm not moving back to the East Coast. The cold, that, <laughs> the that cold, cold weather yeah, does yeah. not agree with me at all, yeah, at really all, awesome. not at all. Um, speak on at least with Brook Payne. What I what I always loved about you guys was that you know you guys were the fine line between what the Temptations represented, mm-hmm. but you were also very much what hip hop was was. About to be. So it was almost like you guys were the thin line between Temptations and what UTFO was doing with Houdini, like mm-hmm. those early days. But how how many like painstaking hours of practice did oh man that take? <laughs> oh my god. Let's see. We would get out of school like three o'clock, have to be at um rehearsals by four. Mm-hmm. We had to go home, do our homework and stuff and Make it to rehearsals and don't be late because, you know, you're doing push-ups or you're doing sit-ups or, you you know, you're running around the building, you know. He trains out like athletes 40 times. almost. Yeah. Yes, basically. That's how it was. But we would um, rehearse. you respected that. Yeah. Like, I'm going mean, to the group if you make me. No, it was, it, was, it was what we felt that he let us know what was needed for us to, you know, be one of the top-notch groups was, you know, to perfect our craft. If we perfected our craft, there's nobody that could stop us. And um, that's how we looked at it, that, you know, all of the, all of the you know, 
long nights and 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 long days of just dancing and dancing and not singing. He wouldn't want <laughs> you to sing yet, but just dancing like four hours of just straight dancing, doing the steps with and without the music. And then there'll be two hours of of us singing, you know. And we would be singing, you know, just like regular R and B songs. You know, we didn't have music our own music at this point, so we were singing, you know, like. Um, Holding on, yeah. You know? oh, wow. We got the interview uh, Jeffrey <laughs> Osborne. Yeah, he was really. He was we so was, happy about that. We were singing that. We were singing Jackson songs. We were doing like the medley of you know the Jackson medley. We would do that like maybe four times in a row. Just do that whole thing four times in a row, and then we would just you know um, work on other songs. Just any song that was out there that was popular, we would make a routine to it, you know, because we were still doing talent shows, but we got we got kicked out of doing talent shows because we kept winning. So we had to stop being we had to stop being special guests of the talent show. Like did it be intermission you know, acting. It's a talent show with special guests right. new edition. <laughs> were there were there any other notable uh Boston acts that eventually made it that were in no, these talent shows like no. nobody from uh, like the, Planet the, Patrol or any any of those guys. No, or? no, Planet Patrol. They were older and all of that, but okay. that was Maurice's brothers. Um, oh. But um, when we when we um, when we lost the competition, to, we lost the, the first comp, the first competition we ever lost was the Hollywood Talent Night, and this was for a recording contract. Um, we were going to be able to go into the studio and record a record with Mari Starr. And we lost. We lost to these um, these two two goofy goofy rappers. It was <laughs> Lanky was the word to you. Yeah, Lanky. <laughs> Lanky. And um, their name was New York Rappers. Now they oh, was that wow. was their name. That that was their name. They oh, was the wow. New York they was the New York rappers but they were from Mattapan in Boston. <laughs> Neither one of them had been out of Boston or ever been to New York, right. but they just called themselves the New York rappers. But they beat us and I haven't heard a peep out of them yet. <laughs> it was rigged. <laughs> it was rigged. They 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 did it. They were good at How? least. No. <laughs> yeah, that, that, was, like, that, was, that was the whole thing. They wasn't even good. They wasn't even hot. Okay. Yeah, and yeah. for them to beat us, we were just like, what? That and then fire? Maurice <laughs> came over to us and he was like, he was like, I'm just I'm this is just because I want to sign y'all. I don't want this other label yeah. to get y'all. He wanted to ah, okay. us to record oh. for him and sign to his label. So we were just like, okay. Did Maurice well, just did, put us in the studio then? Did Maurice always dress like that? Because I've only seen like the <laughs> like one the chicken, chicken, like the Colonel, yeah, 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 with yeah. the Captain yeah. Crunch the Cap outfit. Like, how was yes. he? That he that was him all the time. That was him all the time. <laughs> wow. Yes. Was he doing an ode to somebody, or he was just? <laughs> was he doing an ode to somebody? Like did his grandfather used to dress like that, or did no, he like somebody? No, I don't know. He just was. That was his style. That was his style. <laughs> you know, that was just Maurice. What was what was Michael Johnson's uh, relationship to Marcy? Yeah. What was his Michael Johnson to is uh, Maurice Starr's brother. Okay. Okay. So together they worked together. Okay, yeah. Because I, I gotta admit, um, when y'all gave the shout out on the Candy Girl twelve inch. 
Uh-huh. I thought it was Michael Jackson. I said, I knew it. I knew Michael Jackson. I knew it. Hey, real quick, you said you said that at one point uh, James Brown had pulled you up on stage. Yes, when I was when you? I was younger, I was I must have been like seven, seven, yeah, about seven, oh, okay. six or seven. And my mom, she knew I liked James Brown, and uh, she brought me to the place called the Sugar Shack. Where he was, he was performing. Of course, she snuck me was in. That, was that your spot? Well, I founded that and and my network as <laughs> okay. well. Okay, yeah. around the same time. Okay, she snuck me in there, and um, James is on stage and he doing his thing. And my mother just put me on the stage, and I just started dancing right next to him. <laughs> and he stopped his band. He was like, "Hold on, hold on, hold on, come on, let me see you do that." And he did a, did his thing. And I did the same thing. Right. <laughs> then he did something else. And I did that. And he was just, he was in awe. And I was just looking up at this man like, man, I'm going to be just like you one day. One day I'm out to you. One wow. day I'm going to be just like you. Did your paths ever cross again after that? Yes. Yes. A few times. Um, we talked a few times because we both were living in Georgia at the time. Um, and we both did it. We did this one concert at the um, at the um, big field. It's a big field there. I forget the name of it. Um, it's the baseball field um, where the Braves play. Okay. So we did a concert there. It was a big benefit concert, and um, I was able to you know sit down and talk talk to him at that time. And um, you know, I was he told me just go stand on the side of the stage, and I was like, oh my god. <laughs> really? So I'm standing on the side of the stage and I'm just watching, just watching. And I told him about the time in Boston when I was younger. Mm-hmm. And I said, do you remember me? He was like, oh, I had a lot of people come on my stage. <laughs> I said, but, you know, I don't know if I remember you, but I remember this one kid. One kid that could do all the dance steps that I was, I was like, that's me. (laughs) (laughs) So did you always have this confidence? Like you said, seven years old, your mother said, go ahead. And you just. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I was, I've never been shy about anything. Um, I just think, you know, why be shy when you can just be yourself, you know, and and just let it go. You know, there's no reason to um, hold anything that God has given you back. Yeah, we had we had uh, Babyface. He was on the show uh, a while back, uh-huh. and he said about you specifically. He was like, "Man, I've seen a lot of acts. You know, I produce everybody." And he compared you. He was like, "Man, Bobby was like a prize fighter. He was like, <laughs> he said Bob will come out. He was like, he was fucking relentless on stage. Yeah, like, that was. I mean, that was him talking about you. Just your your work ethic and on stage. He said, "Man, Bob." Took no prisoners. Yeah, I don't play. I don't play with that. <laughs> I do not play with that. When it ask. comes to being on stage, I, I'm a whole total different person. That's going to ask, so your solo career, how did that translate? Like all that rehearsals that you used to do when you was a little boy and whatnot, what was the difference in the rehearsals process for you now that you had like your own dancers and whatnot? Like were, were you? I have. I had. Were you book yeah. paying to you? Yeah. yeah. And your dancers, what were their names? It was Derek and Willie. Pop, so what was it? What were you always? Heart and soul. Heart and soul. Did, did, yeah. Oh, okay. that's who he was calling. Yeah, that was. I was like, what was their names? <laughs> I didn't know. So I didn't know that. Yes. Oh shit. I get it. Oh shit. Oh shit. Black mysteries unlocked. This is black history right here. We the mystery has been revealed. Bobby's dance was heart and soul. Okay. Did you turn into Brooke in that way? Huh? Did you turn into Brooke that way with your um? Yes and no at the same time because um, you know. I mean, when we was rehearsing with Brooke, 
I mean, we had to rehearse in a really hot, smoke-filled room because Brooks chain-smoked Newports okay. oh, Lord. during our whole rehearsal. So it was just like, and it was like 90 degrees up in there. So we were sweating, and all we were doing was breathing in Newports. <laughs> and it's a shock that only me and Ralph turned out to be smokers. Nobody else. But me and Ralph turned out, you know, to to start smoking after, you know, several years of just being in the room like inhaling all the cigarettes, inhaling all of that. So, you know, um, other than that, you know, Brooke was always just he he, he's a stickler for, you know, perfection Um, with my guys. I was just I was the type to tell them to dance loose, but dance, but dance tight, you know, Um, always be in formation. And follow me, you know, because I might do something, I might do something slick and out of the step of what the actual step is, mm-hmm. and I need y'all to remember it. So the next show, they will remember this, the, the slick oh, part. Oh, so okay. you would build on and build on. I would build on. on and build on and build on. So it just got, it just started growing and uh, we got closer and it was just, we were able to read each other when we were on stage and that was a good part. Then we got Mecca and um um the LA connection dancers which were you know uh four girls from New York four girls from LA and we put them together it was a lot of fights though on the road it was yeah, like, was it was like say, the bloods and the crips i swear wasn't leslie in that also yeah leslie was there also big les big les big les i see her on facebook occasionally can you just tell me? This is always a mystery to me. Who was the girl who was always in the videos with the short cut, slender brown skin? But she was in my prerogative, and she had the short hair. She was playing. Oh, yeah. that's Claudia. Okay, because you used to see her. She had an era. I felt like. Huh? I felt like she had an era. Like she, she, yeah, she was around. Yeah, she was yeah. in a lot of videos yeah, after yeah, that. Yeah. Oh, I think you meant aura. No. Okay. Just, yeah, mm-hmm. so did I. I'm sure she had an aura, but I just. She also <laughs> had an aura. I was about to. <laughs> you know, but I'll, I'll hold it back. I'll hold it back. I'll hold it back. You know, but you know, you did skip a decade, so. I did, I'm sorry. I was just he was there. Anyway, while I had it on my mind. Sorry, I didn't mean to fast forward. No, it's all good. It's all good. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. Um, so for me, even even though I know what, what the uh, initial biopic had uh, depicted, Mm-hmm. But how? Well, what I want to know is first of all, what was the uh, what was the term you used with Randy? Oh, the click. Yep. What was the what was as far as like your your new edition situation? Uh-huh. Who were the clicks? Like who was who was your friend in in the band that you were close to? We were all cl- all clicks at certain times, you know. At certain times of the day, I would be with like Ronnie, be, you know, playing cards or something like that. Mm-hmm. Then there was certain times that me and Ralph would, you know, be kicking it and just doing what we do, you know, goofing off and stuff like that, going to buy water guns and, you know, spraying everybody on the tour. Um, then it was me and Mike, who's the f- who's a thinker. He's like a big think tank. So, you know, I like to pick his brain every now and then, you know. And then um Ricky, Ricky's just uh Ricky's just Ricky. Mm-hmm. You know, you just get around Ricky and Ricky just he's quiet and if you say something, he'll agree with you. And that's just how Ricky is. Ricky agrees with, you know, most of the things that everybody says. But he's super intelligent. He he knows what's right and what's wrong. And that's where you. That's who you go to to tell if if there's three against two and a vote, you go to Ricky and he the swing vote. Yeah, he's the swing vote. You know, he's, he's get the swing. You got to get to him. Man. I was Ronnie. Ronnie always seemed to just be so cool, man. He's, he? he's one of the most laid back dudes in the world. Um, I'm so proud of him. He he just had twins. Yeah, they stars too. Yeah, yeah. Stars. I mean, you know, I'm just really proud of him. He 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 knows he knows what he wants and he knows how to go get it. You know, he's he's bought so much property in Detroit that is incredible. So wait, I mean, then he's starting in Atlanta and he moves. He's now moving to Detroit. He's he's he started he started his um his his business in Atlanta. But he's yes buying buying land in different places, and I I commend him because Detroit is yeah. about to get a whole big facelift. Yeah. You know, Japanese or well, Chinese or I don't no, know. The Japanese are going. The in, Japanese in yeah. put like ten billion dollars into already Detroit already, oh, wow. and what it's like build industries, build and, industries. Yeah. You know, the, the Ford company, all of that, all of that's being rebuilt up. And um, there'll be more jobs, and the homes will shoot up. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's almost about to be. So like I recommend Oakland that for two. most people out there listening. 
Go buy you some property. property yeah. Detroit. Go buy you some property in Detroit and um, watch it and just sit on it for a little while. But don't outrent the community. You know, you know what I'm saying. Don't well, you know, gentrification you know is, is coming. inevitable. It's coming. Give a little something yeah, affordable. Give them a little ten percent. You know? Well, they're selling them houses like five thousand dollars. Yeah. Twenty five hundred. I know, but you know they're gonna flip those. Oh, it's course. gonna be like yeah, six hundred thousand. That's yeah. the name of the game. That's the name of it. Yeah. That's business. Yeah, let's call <laughs> Ronnie right now and get some properties. <laughs> 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 so when when you guys first started touring and traveling, mm-hmm. um, I first saw you guys at I think you were at Valley Forge Music Fair. Okay, you did a bunch of the, like these small venues where uh, where the stage is always in the center or whatever. I, I forget yeah uh, what year this was. I think this was like eighty three, eighty four. But um, how how did that affect you as far as like finally making it out of out of Boston and did you feel like okay we finally made it or yeah probably so um we used to before before Candy Girl became a number one record we would come to New York we would go to New York and um we would perform like five shows a night we would play all five boroughs and we would start at like 11 at night and we would just go to each we we used to go to each club or each roller skating ring and just play from from 11 o'clock all the way to six that morning we would get in we would finally get in bed by six that morning and um get some rest and do it again on saturday and then sunday we would get all into this station wagon excuse me this station wagon and we would drive back to boston how old are you at this time like 14 15 wow couldn't even drive yet 14. <laughs> Damn. How you getting your homework done? That's mm. in, in the car. <laughs> so in it was required, co- like, tutors and all that stuff? Tutors and- were required. My mom wasn't letting me not, you know, okay. get my education. She didn't play that. Yo, the the way that they uh, they played your moms out in the movie, amazing. I yeah. was, whoa, Where do you what see an this honor. One? Oh, my God. Where do you see this Is one? Is it the Mom- same... Actress, the same oh, actress. Yeah, yes, Wait, yes, was, it is. Who was, was it? Sandy was Sandy McCree. Was he? Sandy McCree, and um, we have T K Carter playing what? my father. Yeah. Wow. Oh, shit. oh shit. So, yeah. where did you pull him from? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know where we found yeah. him, but oh man, he, he, he is playing the hell out of my father. What the oh, nice. Man. And he knew my father, so you know oh, wow. my, It was just like it was just like so great that he came to that that um tryout for the movie and when they told us it was tk carter i was like that's him <laughs> because i was going i was going for john witherspoon or somebody like that oh, oh. <laughs> i was going for john witherspoon because my father was hilarious okay. i mean just just hilarious he would do the the, the whole coordinate thing he loved the dress and, <laughs> you know he was just that man he was just that man that kept everybody laughing in the house everybody that met my father called him pops Everybody, everybody in the projects just called them pops. When you started working uh, on your first album on King of Stage, uh-huh. uh, my man Lavelle, we were talking off mic, my homie uh, Lavelle Moulton, he's a basketball coach at my alma mater, and he's uh-huh. in Boston. He was telling me that you used to pass out, you was passing out tapes like back in the hood, like even yeah. though. What was that like, man? Um, it was tapes and some other things. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh. Wasn't just tapes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Probably the end tapes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you didn't um, put a package. Twenty dollars. We had packages in there. Right. Um, 
but that that was the time when you know um i was put out a new edition and you know i i had one chance to you know do it again um i never gave up on myself but at the same time the only way for me to survive at that time was to sell drugs and do what i had to do to you know keep my sanity you know from um not making the little bit of money that we was making on the tours um i had to find a way to make money to take care of my baby boy i had a baby boy so i had to you know have some type of income and um yeah but when girlfriend hit and it was the number one record and i was able to tour and stuff and that just opened it opened the door up for me to be able to do another record and then um little silas jr introduced me to um kenny babyface edmonds and la reed and i just was like what and when you see the movie you'll know why i said what because uh, they were they, were they dressed like the deal, they like was, they were still in the they deal. Was, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they was just you know, they all was the curves totally dripping. dressed wrong, you know, and you know the thing. All right, the hair. They thought they was the killing. makeup, and it was just like I was like, dude, I was like, come in, come in, guys, right? Come here, man, come here, please, so, please tell me I don't have to work with them. <laughs> <laughs> with I know I know where you were trying to go because when I purchased King of Stage. Mm-hmm. I knew it's weird that even though I didn't know what a new jack swing was in 1986, because technically wasn't invented yet, yeah. right? I kind of knew what you were going for, because you know you were like beatboxing on some of the songs that Larry Black, you know, right? But it was how hard I can tell where you were trying to go with it, mm-hmm. but either technology or maybe Teddy just had a better vision on how to make that shit bang. sound right, yeah, right. So especially like with the title cut. Which I thought the title cut was like, okay, that's the closest thing to a Houdini or a Run DMC sound. Did it ever occur to you to ask uh, who produced Larry Run Smith? D- yeah, Larry Smith. Did it ever occur to you to go to Larry Smith, who, you know, his work with Houdini and Run DMC was like the closest thing to an R&B hip hop mesh that there was? Like, did you get a choice in saying? I want to work with them, 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 or was Lou Silas just like, nope, you get Larry nope. Blackman. Lou, and- Lou Silas was like this. He was um, he was basically, um, if you work with these people, then I, you can work with whoever you want to work with. And that's what he told me about working with L.A. and Face. Okay. So my first, my first um, person I said, I, I told him, I said, well, I got to go fly to New York and I got to work with Teddy Riley. How did you know about Teddy? Because Teddy Me was and Teddy, kinda because unproven. he was he was in a boys group. Kids at work. Kids at work. Yeah. And um he used to just I, I used to see him all the time walking with this Casio keyboard. And he used to always I I would stop him at Ray's Pizza right there on fifty seven, <laughs> just stop him and, and just be listening to some of the grooves he had. And it was just like it was just like meant to be. Right. You know, and he was telling me he was starting up a new group called Guy and you know, he had just finished working with this this guy called Keith Sweat, mm-hmm. and he played me that, and I was like, okay. I was like, well, I got some tracks that I, I want you to hear, and I had this one bass line that I couldn't I couldn't couldn't do anything with, and it was Prerogative's bass line, mm-hmm. and Teddy came with this groove, man, that was just it just it just fit so perfectly, and then I met Aaron and um. 
me and Aaron just just clicked like this. Right. Yeah. Aaron just, Hall, right? Yeah, Aaron Hall. Um, we just clicked. I went on the subway for the first time in New York City with him to Brooklyn. And um, we basically wrote the lyrics to Prerogative on that subway. <laughs> Aaron Hall wow. wrote my Prerogative? Yes, I yes. I, did not, I thought y'all did. I didn't want to seem stupid. But uh, Gene Griffin came and messed that up, right? Yeah, Gene yeah, Griffin took, all, Talk the, about took, Gene all, Griffin, the, took all of the credit on, on the record. Um, because Teddy was in uh, a litigation with, uh, I guess... To people who, whoever he had signed, he had signed a production deal with somebody, okay. and Gene Griffin put it under his name so that um, Teddy can receive something, mm-hmm. you know, from Prerogative. And um, then Teddy got his, you know, publishing and all of this stuff back. So, you know, Gene did a great thing for him. You know, he held he held him down, and he helped him. You know, you know, be the businessman that he is. Oh, I always yeah. thought it was a thing where he just jacked yeah. his... No, he didn't jack him. Oh, no. Man. He didn't jack him. He was he was very much taking care of Teddy as well as he possibly could. I mean, no one no one can plan for the phenomenon that was Don't Be Cruel. Like, nobody saw it coming. 30 years ago. But did you, did you really feel as though... Because even in my mind, like, I'm just thinking, like, okay, there's Michael, there's Prince, no one else. And, you know... Just think like everyone else is an underling. But it's suddenly like the, the, the people that you grow up idolizing, uh-huh. now you're pushing them to the side a little bit. So what was that transition like? Like, Have you ever personally met Michael Jackson and yes. had interaction? What yeah. was that like? Um, it, was, it, was, it was great. I met him when I was with New Edition. Um, he invited New Edition to his home. Okay. And um, we hung out with him the whole day. I mean, it's, it, was just, it was just crazy. Can you tell all a story the, from, from all the book? The an, animals, what? Can you tell a story about from the book about him chasing Latoya and Janet around? Yeah. Um, <laughs> Wait, what happened? <laughs> well, he we were all running around and we were chasing. Um, we were just running around and uh, Latoya was, you know, standing somewhere and he smacked her on her ass, and all of us was like. Wait, what? All all of us was like, oh, I want to smack her ass so bad. But we didn't. We didn't smack her ass like he did. But it was just, oh, my God. Just to be in, in, you know, I had always had a crush on Janet. Right. So it was just like, just to be in the same room with her at that time was, you know, it was... Oh my God! <laughs> there she is. She's standing right next to me. I she still spoke, feel the same way she about spoke, She spoke to me. Yeah, he so, just met her like last yeah, week. So, yeah. oh yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I almost passed out, man. Yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> well, you'll see some scenes in my movie about Janet. So, what was don't you and feel uh, different about her? Wait, after what? That? Uh, oh, okay. Uh-oh. Don't even uh-oh. stop. No spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. Yeah, no spoilers. All right. <laughs> man, what was you and Ted's relationship like uh, in the studio, man? Like, how did y'all vibe off each other? We vibed really well off each other. You know, um, it wasn't no rush thing. We we knew that. When we had something hot, we knew what we had, and we would take our time, and um, take our time and, and and get it get it down, get it down perfectly, and then we'd go out, you know, we'd go eat or you know just go chill out, play pool, you know, um, and then but the first time, the first time with prerogative, he was living in the projects, so mm-hmm. we in Harlem in the projects on the first floor and. You know, um, the the booth was a bathroom, 
you know. Wow. So we you literally re- did it in we the project. Did, in, we did prerogative, recorded it in the bathroom in his apartment. That's where we did the vocals. What? All of them. What did y'all? What were y'all recording on? Like a four track or what? I think it was six, section. sixteen track. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, I know he his setup was eight that thing. Yeah, oh, okay, yeah, eight that, yeah. In the pro- and so, so the vocal we hear today was the vocal that you cut. That in we the, cut in, in the, the pro- in the bathroom. Wow. So in your mind, whenever you hear those vocals from that record, you're just thinking of like, oh, there's toothbrush, toothpaste, (laughs) (laughs) some close up, right? Close up. up. They don't make close up anymore. No, I don't know. That hot ass toothpaste. Only in the bodega. (laughs) Red shit. Just make that hot mouth ass close up. (laughs) (laughs) That shit in Dollar General. No, but one thing I remember, you know, about recording that song was was just just you know the kin kinship, you know, between me, Aaron, him, Big Bub was even there. Oh wow! You know, so it was a bunch of singers and you know a bunch of people that love music and love being a part of you know what music was gonna become, um, and. It was just fun to just be around it, you know, and all of us, all of us out there giving our hundred and ten percent, you know, trying to make it out. I knew that Aaron was a singer, but um, I read somewhere did was Aaron a keyboard player as well. Aaron can play the piano like yeah, like what's his name that with all the jewelry. Liberace. 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 <laughs> Wait, word? Aaron can play the piano like Liberace. I mean, play the piano. Yeah. Play. So you you track you did you track the majority of the album in New York City? Um no. The majority of the album was done here in um Silver Lake. Okay. With LA and Face. And me and Teddy did our our stuff over there in New York. And then I um I did some more stuff in um in the Bay Area. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, just mostly LA though. You guys recorded forty songs for the album. How did you? Yeah. yeah. How, how many of them? Like, did, did you ever revisit any of them later on? Or um, yeah, I still have them in my garage. Actually, yeah, the masters in my garage. Yes. And yes. They are. And yes. And yes. Are we ever going to hear any of it? <laughs> I don't know yet. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I think I'm. You know, I'm let my son listen to a bunch of them and see what he likes and. See how you know he feels about him because he's recording his album right now. So, oh, oh that's what's up. So, I'm really looking forward to you know helping both of my oldest son and my middle son are both you know recording artists. So, you know, I, I, I'm just trying to lay back and let them do what they do. Mm-hmm. And then when I see him, you know, going stray, I'll pull a, pull a coat and you know, what's their names? Because I feel like most of us feel like Bobby we know Jr. Bobby and Jr. Landon, we know. And, and Landon, Landon. Landon. Yes. Okay. Yes. Right. yes. Oh, nice. Mm-hmm. What was the what was the workflow like? You talk about you and Teddy's vibe. What was the difference with uh, Ellie and Face? What were they like in the studio, like in y'all session? Um, because of the person that I am, they had to go with the flow. They had to go with how <laughs> I was. <laughs> this is Bobby Brown session. Right, right. right. <laughs> wow. You mean like? I'll be there. You know, I'll be, you'll be there I'll, at three means that uh, I'll be, be there at five thirty. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Always, no matter who you was working with, they had to adjust. The, yeah, basically, right, because, you know, okay. it was just, sometimes I'm late. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, hey, I, sometimes but, you got to be 90 minutes in your <laughs> set. No, but, but 
but I've learned a new way of, of, of living and being late is not cool. You know, you need to be on time so that you can get your work done and be able to do Stop looking what at you me. need to do. <clears throat> Stop looking at oh, me. Oh, I was. I was. Hey, you said stop looking. I'm over here. Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> You're a little late looking at my direction. Yeah, whatever, Steve. <laughs> Man, once, uh, once Don't Be Cruel became, I mean, the album, once it becomes uh, just this monster You big with yeah. Man, everywhere. Um, what, how did your life change then? What, how did, what happens? Um, oh, boy. I started touring a lot more. Um, of course, I was touring with, um, oh, the Heartbreak Tour? The Heartbreak Tour. I was touring with them. I was opening up for Albie Shaw. And then Don't Be Crew hit and Prerogative hit. And Y'all had to switch? We had to switch. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, of course, you know, started having problems because, you know, New Edition was, you know, kind of hating on me because of um, the success of Don't Be Crew. And they didn't want me to, you know, film the Roni video on that tour. So I told them, okay, well, if they if they if they if they can film Roni, I I'll have them film y'all's show. So I paid for the, you know, cameras to film Kinda their show. Cool. Oh. And so then I was like I talked to Al Heyman who was the promoter yeah. and I was like that up. name keeps coming up, man. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, dude, I need my own tour. I got to go out on my own tour. And he said, "Okay." So we went and got Levert and Karen White and and we went out and just and just smashed and we toured for over three years with that album. Yeah, my sister saw the Heartbreak Tour and the Don't Be Cruel Tour without me, and I still hate them for it. (laughs) Having technically yet to see the uh, the biopic, um, and you address it in the Roni video, but what was the situation with? I'm, my memory's foggy. What what uh, arena had a problem with Georgia. either you dancing or it was Georgia? Yeah. Oh, okay. Georgia. I guess they had heard about you know my my stage show, but they still you know wanted me to come to Georgia. Um, the police had told me right before the concert, um, no sexual innuendos, no getting close to the girls. Can't bring girls up on your stage. How do they, how do they even know that that's coming? We don't want. We don't want to see you pelvic thrusting or anything. And so, they did, so they didn't want Bobby Brown. I mean, that's right. what I was saying. Well, how do they know it was coming? Because it's like you've yet. To they come. had heard the the word had been spreading, you know, throughout the country on how I performed. That's oh, why man. they called me Bad Boy. Um, okay, you pumped really hard. <laughs> like, oh, we, oh, I remember. You know, we remember watching like I. I did used to get in trouble for you know imitating Bobby Brown dancing. Yeah, I did. I did the Bobby Brown. The Bobby Brown pelvic thrust for me it got me in trouble in fourth grade. We were doing a, a talent show and I was gonna dance and I opened up with four pelvic thrusts. With a bop, bop, bop. <laughs> it was over. They, my teacher just pushed. She's like, Nah, please. Just come sit down over here. It was. It was over. Yeah. Well, fourth grade. That, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was about the same for me too. So yeah, yeah, that was, yeah. Yeah. my little nine-year-old is pumping now. No. <laughs> is like, it, is dude, it weird for you? Stop. <laughs> is it weird for your kids to discover that you're not dad? You're 
that guy I'm seeing on television? No, like, they, how do they discover? No, they basically know. I I try to show them as much as possible about me. That I'm the king. Yeah, okay. I try to show <laughs> my my son, my nine year old Cassius. He's a um he's a dancer himself. He's a ballroom. He does ballroom dancing, you know. Yes. Um, he's Already? Won, uh, yes. Oh, my God. You should see his little hips <laughs> doing the tango and doing the um, cha-cha and all of this. I mean, and he's won six competitions so dope, by him and his um, little dance partner. Yeah, <laughs> this little girl. I, I mean, no little kids. I love seeing no little kids oh on my dance God, with God. I, I mean, he has just, <laughs> the fingers, <laughs> holds the head up and his shoulders and the they're the hips. Back I mean, straight. That's so dope. And so he, the last one, he just ended up, jumped up in the air, and came down in full split. I was wow. like, it's like, yes. a wrap. Man, <laughs> please. Yo, please. Wait, wait, wait. This oh, is the okay. thing, though. Okay. What, after you did what you did, did they physically come out and stop the show and arrest you? No, they waited for me to come off stage. Oh, so they let the show go on, and then yeah, they had to. It's not depicted like that in the movie because we didn't have time to, you know. Technicality, technicality. Yeah. So this is what happened. Um, when I got off stage, um, I had my brother put on my, my robe, and they followed him out at first. <laughs> Diversion. <laughs> Diversion. And I was in one of the anvil cases. Oh. And they, Michael was, Jackson they, was, escaped. They, they was pushing the anvil case up the, up the hill, and they p- took the thing off of Tommy and realized it, was, it wasn't me. <laughs> So they followed the anvil case, and soon as soon as they opened the anvil case, the cops were right there. Wow. Worst way to get caught when wow. you thought you were safe. Yeah. <laughs> Trying to evade police. Another charge. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's weird. Because that's, that's what I remember about the show that I saw. You guys used to enter in this, like, this Trojan horse sort of vehicle where they had to push y'all to the stage inside of this wooden device. Uh-huh. So girls wouldn't attack y'all. So yes. y'all were like the original kings of Anvil Case. Wooden- yeah, we would do that. We would do that. That was that was one of the tricks of um, Brooke Payne and um, just of the trade, you know. Um, we liked being attacked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, we were young, young like we that. We were young, yeah. and, but we, were, we was, you know, girl crazy. Mm-hmm. So we loved, you know... Being able to see all of, all of the chicks, all of the, uh, all of the young little hotties, you know, right, right. We were cool with that, but you know, not our managers. They was like, uh, uh-uh, girls are only gonna get y'all in trouble. We was like, well, that's some trouble. We would like to be. <laughs> give me that trouble, <laughs> man. Please answer for us. Who was Jackie? <laughs> oh God, damn. Who yeah. yes. Who was Jack? There was, was that no, just a rhyme scheme? That I love you, Jackie. It, there was nobody. There was no Jackie. Oh, no Jackie. Oh. We heard that. No well, I heard once did Smooth B of Nice and Smooth did he write that rhyme? Was it him, or or did you write it? No, he didn't write that. rhyme. He didn't write that one. Okay. No, he didn't write that rhyme. So Somebody done Jackie told was you wrong. Hey, listen, that's what. So we Jackie was this. just a rhyme scheme for what eyes can see. Smooth B. Oh, good. No, I'm just gonna say we're not gonna do like we did the baby face where we just wrap the whole thing. No, please don't. <laughs> yeah, oh. we did. Speaking oh. of Smoothie, like yeah. I know that your your peers were mostly rap. Like who who was your clique as far as like your your when you were hanging and and it was it was Smooth B. It was you know um, at times Coogee rap, wow. at times um, at time well Houdini of course right. Um, 
there was a bunch. I mean, I used to hang out with the, with rappers a lot. Where in New York? In New York, just any particular places. Latin or? quarters. Oh. 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 Ladies and gentlemen, oh. we got it. I've been waiting yes, nineteen weeks <laughs> to finally get a Latin Quarter story. Oh my god! Wait, you don't understand. It's inside. Yeah. Like our first twenty episodes, everybody and their mother they were tired they of me asking Latin about Quarter. Latin Quarter stories. Oh so I stopped. <laughs> Oh, finally. Um, I got a Latin quarter Latin. story. Tell me. Yes. Tell Let's me. Go. This. I once saw um, a very well-known rapper, very well-known, got hat. He wears a hat all the time. LL. LL. Okay. <laughs> I saw him get his chain snatched. Oh, oh in Latin yeah. quarters. Mm-hmm. And um, it was just, it was, oh. It was bad. It, it was bad. It was bad because, you know, it was these Brooklyn cats and it was just like, oh, man. And they was like, they was for real about it. They was not, you know, trying to give him his jewelry back at all. And they just bounced with his chain. And I was like, damn. And L was like, you know, L, (laughs) I didn't care. We'll have another one tomorrow, you know. (laughs) (laughs) What what was the allure of that place? Because... All I know is that it was dangerous. dangerous. Yeah. And you could get snatched. You know, you can't shine too much. The danger part of it was it was one way in, uh, one way out. There was no side doors. Right. Latin Court was in the middle of the block. Right. It didn't have, it didn't, I mean, no next to it was a store or, or this. But Latin Court was one way in and one way out. So, and it was hot. Mm-hmm. And all of the chicks went there, and and we would just, you know. So it was worth risking your life to hear all the hip hop that. You <laughs> yes, <laughs> all the hip hop you can hear. And all the girls. And all the girls and bamboo earrings, at least two pair. He <laughs> yes. must have wrote that in that club because that's all you saw up in that club. All right, y'all. You know what season it is. Tis the season for spring breaking and planning our summer travel. And if you're like me, you're already in your Airbnb app trying to find which spot is right for you. Now, listen, while I'm looking to spend all this money, what I'm not doing is thinking about making money with Airbnb. See, you got to change your mind state. Make the money while you're spending the money. How, you say, Laia, do I make the money? Well, you host at your house. And I know what you're thinking. I mean, my whole house? Uh, Well, no, you don't have to do your whole house. I mean, you could do a room or, you know, do the whole house. So make some money while you're spending some money this summer. I'm trying to tell you, your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, 
Snagajob is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snagajob's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. From the time that uh, it was four years, I think it was four years from the time of Don't Be Cruel to Bobby, what took so long for the follow-up? Um... Just wanting to break because Dumpy Crew tour was grueling. Yeah. Like I said, it was three years of touring, you know, the world. And um, when I decided to go back in, I, I really wanted a lot more of Teddy's um, funkiness um, on the album. You know, I was straying, straying further away from the the sounds of you know, L.A. and Babyface, and. Um, so I just took my time with this that one and you know we came up with what we came up with and I think that's one of the most funkiest albums I've no, ever. No, it's my that's favorite. That's my favorite. That's that, my favorite yeah, one. That's yeah. my favorite Bobby album. Like, I was one more night and one uh, yeah, two complete game yeah, get away. Yeah, two play that game. Yeah, that was just jam after jam on Yeah, that like record. what who decided the singles picking the singles cuz like humping around I mean it was a big hit. But when I heard it, I was just like, okay, this is kind of like my prerogative. But then when I bought the album, my uncle, he had it, and I would listen to it on his big speakers. And, man, you had, like, some sweet fucking songs on that album. <laughs> and I was like, man, yeah, why weren't they singles too? Yeah, like, yeah. I was like, yo, this is, like, this is, it sounded, to me, it sounded like the next progression. It was like, okay, Don't Be Cruel was Bad Boy Bobby or whatever, mm-hmm. but, then, but Bobby was like, it sounded like growth. And It was. I love that I, I album, I felt man. it was. Um, but, you know, um, with L.A. and Babyface becoming such such a popular um, duo with um, with all of the music they was doing for everybody else, um, I think uh, Lil Silas felt that it should be a a, a face a, a L.A. and Face record that drops first, wow. and I was moving towards you know Getaway or. Who can play that, that game? That's the way I love was getting away. That's the way love is. That's the way love is. That's the one. Yeah. I was like, that's the one Bruh. right there. I love that record. Ooh. So, you know, it's just creative differences. And, you know, I I went with it, you know. But, of course, we still sold three million copies of that. You know, and it was like, I mean, after my first album, Almost Going Gold, King of Stage, and then for Don't Be Crew to sell 12 million uh, I'm just in the states alone. Um, I felt that you know, Bobby album. You know, I thought it was gonna do more, but at the same time, I, I appreciated who who bought it. Man, you I know, was because it was it was it was just it was just a project that I was really passionate about, and I had a lot of fun doing the tour. That tour was that tour was mean for me. Yeah. That tour was There's mean a lot because of people I. Though. I got a chance to go back to all them different countries and continents and all of the cities in, in, in America and um and just perform this this funky album, this funky this funky music that 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 made me feel good, you know? Yeah. And that made others feel good. And um 
I was just really proud of that album. No, you should be, man. I for the longest time in high school, well, it was yeah, middle school, going in high school. College girl remained a staple yeah. on my soul oh jam my tape. God. Yeah. <laughs> so thank you for that. I used to kick you that. <laughs> uh, you mentioned like touring all over the world. In in your book, you mentioned uh, the Bobby Yo's fan group in Japan. Oh yeah, yeah. Can you tell us about that? Because that seemed that seemed kind of weird. The Bobby Yo's, the Bobby Yo's, they would um, it was guys and girls. Um, they would tan their bodies to my complexion. Yeah, and, and they would wear clothes like me, and they would all have gumbies. Oh, how did they get those? Dog, they, they found a way. <laughs> Moose, there were some questios too, man. Like, oh, for what? real? Wow. Yeah, that was weird to see. Like, wow, Over they would Japan, be super yeah. orange with these afros. Like, they wouldn't perm their, they would perm their hairs, but it would look like yeah, African American yeah, yeah. and freak the shit out of me. Wow, yeah, man. But to, in Japan. You never have loyal. You never find more loyal fans True. in the world. You never find more loyal fans. I mean, they come in droves, and they'll keep coming every time you keep go back. There they go again. <laughs> wow. What were some of the other places? Uh, were you able to hit Africa while you were touring anywhere in Africa? I played Sun City at one time, and um, that was you that played was, Sun City. Yes. Ooh. And that was what is Sun City? What's mm, wait. What year did you play Sun City? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was the year that um You should have played Sun City? Yeah, I I I should have. Yeah. Oh okay. it was past Mandela. Okay, okay. We yeah, did. yeah. He was home. Yeah, oh, he was well, home. Okay, 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 so basically in, in eighty five, uh, uh Silvio and the Sopranos. Little uh, Steven. Okay. Yeah. Little Steven kinda organized uh kind of a, a protest record, a We Are the World esque protest record. Okay. Um called Sun City in which Basically, he didn't want American artists going over there to, to play there. to play South Africa. Yeah, to play South Africa. Right. The video was weird too. It was like uh, Miles Davis walking Miles down Davis the street. Miles Davis and Melly Mel. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was Word. Yeah, it was crazy. I think I remember that song too. Yeah, it was Ain't like neck and neck with King Ali. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, but the thing was is that some artists were sort of crossing the protest line. Mm -hmm. Like I know that that's why Mylon Williams had left the Commodores and Thomas McClary because. You know, South Africa would basically offer artists like five times the dollars mm -hmm. to go over there to play. And, you know, it's either you show solidarity and not play soul. it or you sell your soul. And some artists would cross that line. So, but yeah. At, at, By the time Mandela 90, came home. 92, was, 93, then it was okay to play Sun City. Cool. Oh, man, we jumped ahead a little bit. Ghostbusters. Thank you. I was wondering if yeah, we Yeah, we got it. Yeah, Thank we got Come on. <laughs> Ghostbusters, man. Like, Talk about doing the song again, like being in the movie. Um, with Ghostbusters, they approached me to to write a song for the um soundtrack, and um I did, and I wrote a song called "We're Back." Oh yeah, and We're back um to fight the right. evil. Oh we, we, no, okay. yeah, that's my shit. I wrote that first, and then um I gave them that one, and they was like, "We love it, we love it. We just need one more. Can you give us one more?" And I was like, "You know what?" Mm -hmm. Let Elliot and Babyface write it. <laughs> Yo, I ain't got no more words that I can say about, about ghosts, about ghosts and <laughs> evil and shit. I'm not, I'm not in that, I'm not in that frame of mind right now. You know, um, but the the thing was, um, if I wrote the song, I told them I want to be in the movie. Also, yes, you know, so they put that in the contract, and I, and then when I got on our own um, from facing them, I was like, okay. So we dropped it when we put the single out. 
we put on our own on the B side and we're back on the um, on the A side. But we did the video for on our own. So wow. as many as they sold, I still get my publishing yes. flow back because it's the A side. Yeah. I never knew that we're on our own was a B side. Yeah. I did yeah, I didn't know that either. I always thought that was the main tour. Oh, you also did a thin line between. Oh yeah, we got to go to the movie. Yo, we got to talk about that and like and Panther, but he had a dope ass song in the soundtrack too. Silent Partner. <laughs> yeah, Silent Partner. Yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I I love acting. I love being a part of you know just the hurry up and wait situation. Of, uh, <laughs> showing up in exactly time and waiting. Yeah, you just waiting. You're trailing. You go out there, you work for four minutes and go back in your trailer and you're in there for three hours. And I love that, you know, and you getting a check too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just let me chill in my uh, trailer. What was it like with you and Martin, man? How was y'all? Uh, me and Martin was really cool. Um, um, we had so much fun on that set, man. It was just like, I don't know. It was, it was, it was basically a party because he was directing. You know, and, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did, yeah. and it was just a lot of fun. You know, the whole cast. You know, we just we just joked around all all the time. Was that role meant for you, or did was it? Yeah, he wrote it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's dope. That's dope. Yeah. Was Lynn Whitfield like because she played the hell out of that Who's role, and she yeah, she scared, she she scared me. me. <laughs> <laughs> she scared the shit out of me because she stayed in character. Offset. Oh. oh. Yeah. Y'all making jokes. She wasn't. She wasn't playing. <laughs> I she, kept, she kept their face straight like this. And she was just walking around looking at people all weird and yes, shit. And I was like, I was like, something wrong with that It's <laughs> <laughs> <was> crazy. Man. <laughs> and then after we rapped, she was like, oh my God. Ooh. <laughs> oh. Oh, oh man. I'm so glad I could come out of that. <laughs> I was like, we are too. <laughs> Shit. Man, man, you got we, us messed up out here. Well, you did uh, Panther with Mario Van Peebles. How did that come together? That came together. Um, I went. I, I met with um, Mario at his office, and he was like, he had this thing for me. He said, I got something for you, man. I got something that I really think you're going to you know, you could really come across and really good. Um, I'm team you up with uh, Chris Rock, and you and him are gonna. And he explained the characters and how we were supposed to be. And and I was just like, I was like, oh shit, this is <laughs> this is gonna be some funny shit. Sapu's back, baby. <laughs> Telling me he's back. Yeah, yeah, no, I, I know y'all gonna kill me. Chris Rock was in Panther. Yes. Yeah, I'm thinking the same thing. Look, I was man. with you. I didn't remember. Yeah, I I'm sorry. Remember you got to look, man. I saw Nefertiti. She was there. Hold on. So since we're talking about acting and you just played that, I got to ask you about the 227 guest spot. Yes. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. Because after that, I was sure that I'll Be Good To You was going to be the next single. I was waiting for that damn video. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just didn't. I didn't. I, at that point, I didn't want to do any of the, you know, other songs that everybody normally hears right. from yeah, me. Yeah. So I figured, you know, on uh, on on two two seven, I was just like, yeah, let me, I'll do, I'll do this one, and unfortunately, fortunately, that, that it came out really, really good. Yeah, I loved, I loved being able to um, perform it like like I did into the, in the classroom and mm-hmm. Regina jumping in and dancing with me. That was just a lot of fun. And being on that set, Molly Gibbs is, oh my God. 
What a gem. Really? Um, she's a, she's a beautiful, beautiful, one of the most kindest women I've ever met in my life, other than my mom. She <laughs> is really kind, and um, I got a story about that. Um, she was, um, we were all backstage, and I'm thinking, you know, I'm, I got to go to the bathroom, and I walk into the wrong room, and uh -oh. Mala's trying to get drunk. <laughs> 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 I saw Mala's ass in her. Uh, <laughs> she had on a uh, she had on a stocking. She was trying to pull a dress up. She was like, "Boy, close that door." <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I just had to. I had to. I'm sorry, forgive me. <laughs> oh boy. Okay. That is dope. Yeah. Um, when you did uh, after after Bobby, and then forever, it was like. Five years in between. Yeah, that was yeah. You, you scrapped the record in between there, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. I think it was the Forever album that I had scrapped. Um, I didn't want to put it out because the the record was done. So I, I had did it so early, you know. Um, and I I, I I I like to try to space the albums out, you know. Um, time to miss you. Yeah, and it creates you know a mystique to to the name Bobby Brown. Um, but with Forever, um, I was truly in love, you know, and um, I just wrote songs that um, were about, you know, love. And um, I loved Feeling Inside. Feeling Inside, so, yeah. yeah. I love that record. Feeling Inside, huh? You liked that record? Yeah, I did. Oh, don't don't stand have, damn record. don't make me feel like I I, I said something wrong now. <laughs> no, I, I just couldn't. I just couldn't stand the record. I really? Just, really? I just felt like I like. I don't know. I, I just don't know. I just you don't mean know. you were too close to it? I mean, I don't know. Uh, Jeff From Red, wait a minute, Jeff Red, mm -hmm. y'all know Jeff. You Red. called, yeah, called me, told yeah, me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He he did the record, and you know, at the time he was A and R up at, um, at MCA. 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 Yeah, yeah. And um, I was like, dude, we're not we're not dropping that first. I don't want to drop that first. I and liked it because he was, it was like, but he had more pull over there, and he was like, "Yeah, I think we should drop this one." I was like, "Cause you did Cause it." Cause you did it, right? But yeah, I, I liked it because it was kind of a different feel for you, like, right. yeah, and like the way you sang on that record, it, you hadn't really kind of done things like that before. Uh -huh. So I was like, "Yeah, I'm, I'm with this." Okay, so. thank you, thank you, I appreciate it. Cause this, there's so many songs that I've recorded that I didn't like, like "Don't Be Cruel." I didn't like that. What? I didn't what? like I didn't like every little step. Why? Wait, what? Why? Time out, time out. Let's talk. We I did it. Let's talk. Blasphemous. Yeah. Lightning about every strike. Every little step. I mean. <laughs> Why do I feel that even 30 years after the fact, <laughs> you still don't. you're still lukewarm <laughs> on your working relationship with Ellie and Face? Like, no, no, we're good. We're good. Me and, me and Face are really good. First of all, can you settle this whole that was really Ralph singing on oh. every little step. Oh, okay, okay. Whatever. Yeah. Who no. started that rumor? Or I don't know who started that, but that is definitely a lie. Okay. Okay. So what did Thanks. you not like? Please don't be cruel. Yeah. What was yeah, wrong? What don't did you cruel. like about I that just, song? I just thought it was too slow. Oh man, I thought man. it was too slow. It's like the mess. But that's how that shit come on. It's a jam. And then I started thinking, you know. That it sounded like Casanova. 
Oh, okay, okay. I can see that. I can see yeah. that. But that you see, was a jam too, though. That was yeah, a jam that, for yeah. big people to jam too. Like, yeah. you gotta. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I was, yeah, because that was like, well, that was 88, so that was like, I was like third grade. So we would have our dance, you know, I was always a man of husk. So <laughs> that's the heavy D. Yeah, like, that was the, yo, the big, man, what? But we have routines in that first, joint. though, Casanova? Casanova was like 87. Seven. Okay. Yeah. 87. Yeah. That was the Callaway Brothers. Yeah, Callaway Brothers. Yeah, yes. that one. So you would have made that joint a house record. <laughs> he wanted fast. <laughs> no, I would have put a little bit more funk on it, but what? as as I as it started to grow on me when I was on tour, it was just it just grew on me, you know. At, especially when we put the rap in it, mm-hmm. because first we dropped it, and we had to drop it without the rap because radio, radio would not yeah. play rap yeah. at the time. No rap, record. really? No, no rap. rap. So y'all did an no, version without the rap. We put it out the first time without the rap, and then. Um, the radio was playing it, but it wasn't. It wasn't really going nowhere. So we took, we stopped that. We brought mm-hmm. that one back and put out my prerogative. Like we pulled the pulled pulled the single, okay. pulled Dumpy Crew, and put out my prerogative. And boom, we hit them. We got pop radio. We you know we got started getting all the ads, and then we put the rap on the Dumpy Crew and put it back out right after prerogative. So uh, it was like it was like a switcheroo and what was the effects of that when you put the rap back on? What did you what did you see? It went number one. That was the cla- yeah, that's the part that's we the everyone wrestled yeah. That's when it. that's when they started really, really playing rap music on the pop radio stations. That's when we felt like because they, be it was like they had to. Yeah. I'm I'm really shocked that you're disposition would be cruel, so man. If if you didn't Shit. like it, did you were you hesitant to name the title after the record? No. No. Okay. No. I thought I thought I'm a I'm a big Elvis Presley fan, so oh. it was like that's, I'm gonna take that's, over. Don't be cruel. I'm yeah. Okay. okay. Kane. So then every little step. What is the problem? Yeah. yeah. Why did you like that yeah. one? Um, was it the haircut? same verse? The same verse. <laughs> yeah, it took parts of that. Parts I'm, of that, and then I, I I just thought it was bubblegumish. Wait, why was what? it just? Why was it one verse sung twice the same? Now, now I'm doing. Wait, didn't Face already reveal that to us, or am I just discovering he that did, right now? He did. He, he revealed. Did, but it. I can't remember. So we, if and he it was, answers oh, again, yeah, it was about the studio. No, nah, no, nah, he. It was the same verse. It was the same thing. It Jim, was the same Lewis, verse. It yeah. was just sung sung differently. differently. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. Oh, the yeah. Saturday Love. It was syndrome. the same thing. Saturday Love. Yeah. 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 Okay. Saturday yeah. Lewis did the same thing. <laughs> With Saturday Love. Yeah. Yeah. Man, so did you like Roni? Because that's like my I love Roni. Okay, you like that. All right. Yeah. All the ballads. Cross my arms on that. Make sure. Roni, Bobby. Here's here's a random ask question that probably I'm the only one that's interested in. How involved were you with the Dance You Know It remix album? Yes. Uh, very. very okay. Yeah, because I, I felt, you know, if I wasn't going to drop an album right right away, that the best thing to do is remix and resell mm-hmm. the same songs that we just sold. Okay. Uh, it and it was, it was, it worked. <laughs> it worked. Damn was that, that was a remix in the key of B? Was it that? No, that, there was Dance You Know It for the Don't Be Cruel album and remixes for the, in the key of B the, was for the Bobby That was Bobby. That's yeah. Right. yeah. I had them mixed yeah. up. I mean, drop it on the one. Yeah. <laughs> Where is the B Brown posse? Everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, everywhere. We're starting to rebuild right now. Um, Word. We are definitely starting to rebuild with my sons and, um, I uh, have this art, other artist. His name is um, damn. Did I just forget his name? Oh, <laughs> this artist named Frank Stickums, and um, got a guy named Tim Campbell. Um, and then we still have Styles. Styles is still out there. Um, yeah, yeah. 
Oh, go ahead. I'll keep no. it going. Well, in in your book, you were talking about you, you know you guys recorded a lot of stuff for the for the, your label that you had. Um, is any do you ever think any of that stuff is going to come out? <clears throat> Never know. You know, I just got to go in them. I got. I mean, my my garage is stacked with just <laughs> just reels and reels and reels and um i just gotta find time to you know go through them and um, i mean if you need somebody to help you i'll volunteer yeah okay yes, I will, yeah i, I yeah. volunteer as tribute <laughs> yeah i'd, I'd but, like to know what was the uh the process of reuniting the group back together for the the home uh, the home again album like i know it was an extension of the the get back the the remix of uh word to the word brother, to the brother. brother. Yeah, yeah right but how how was that uh, I organized? Just, I just missed my I'm, I just missed my crew. You know, I missed all the guys. I missed the camaraderie that we have. Um, I missed just my friends just being out on the road with them. And um, I was like, man, it's time. I think it's time. You know, we get together and we do something. What went wrong with it? We were all crazy. <laughs> <laughs> we were all crazy. But did it last at least a, a, the full tour? That's the only time I didn't get to see. New I didn't. I didn't get to see him that year either. I didn't get to see you guys. I, I still haven't. I don't seen know him. if it lasted the whole tour. I don't know. I don't even know that because I, I mean, at that time I was in a funk. I was in a real bad way, you know, with using drugs and things like that, and it was just, it was just not a good time for me in my life, and um, and I was still rolling, you know, I was still on the road and not taking care of myself and it was just it was just a bad time and you know we ended up um i ended up losing my damn mind and um you'll see it in in my film mm-hmm. um and i just i snapped you know and just went crazy for a, a, a little while and had to come off tour and you know get some help and um i'm grateful that i did now was it always all good with with the introduction of johnny yeah just that as was a my question I was like, that tra- if it was, it was great. But I always, as a fan, I was like, was that that easy? Well, me and Johnny have never have had a problem since I, since I found out that he wasn't there to replace me. Right. You know, he was there to replace Ralph because Ralph was going to go solo. So, right, yeah. so I was just like, oh, okay. Well, me and you got no problems then because, you know, I was... I was Eddie Kane Jr. at that time. How, yes. how long did it take for you to get that information? Ain't nobody like, like Eddie Kane. But wait, well, how long did it take for you to get that information? That look, Mr. this is what it is. Actually, no, they told me Mike and Mike, Ricky and Ronnie, and 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 them told me. And then you know me being close to Ralph, Ralph was telling him he had been playing me his his album, you know, because me and Ralph was like this, and um, he had been playing me his music and stuff, and I was like, yeah, that's. You about to blow. You play sensitivity. Nah, this no, is even before. Yeah, yeah, this before. is before sensitivity. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had a bomb album um, that he did with. Who this, was he working with? You know the producers at the just, time. Just uh, a guy named Dwayne. Dwayne in Boston. Um, I forget his name, okay. but um, yeah, they had some hot stuff, man. And I was just like, yeah, that's that's just gonna, yeah. that's just gonna kick. They hinted at that in the in the new edition movie. Were they actually using the 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 music that Roth had recorded for that record? Because they were playing some songs. I don't think so. Okay. Uh, no. Did you treat the relation? Did y'all did y'all treat the relationship with New Kids on the Block the same way as yes. as uh, Johnny in that way? Like, well, or I, I guess I should say, so that was their hostility more toward Maurice in that way than? With, no, no, with we, any we, we 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 
we really didn't care. We was just we we were mad that they they cornered the merch the merch department. They, <laughs> they sure as hell they, did. They made more money with their merchandise yeah. than, than they records. Than yeah. they records. So I, I, you it was couldn't go to class without seeing like 18 girls and new or new, new kids on the block she, yeah the, the sweatshirts shirts, the sweatshirts they, they have trapper keepers yeah, and shit. Yeah. they had everything you said trapper keepers yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Them ah, niggas. It they had trapper sheets keepers. wait pillows yeah all kind of shit wait side <laughs> question I'm, I'm about to derail into a rabbit hole uh, okay. but you're a dad and okay. it's almost back to school time Oh yeah, it's already bad. I've already got all the school. And I'm not a dad, so I gotta know: Are they, they still using keepers? notebooks anymore? They don't use trapper keepers anymore. Like the trapper keepers done. They do have notebooks, but what's fly now is that they have companies now uh, that you can prepay for your your back to school supplies. Yeah. Uh-huh. And L and when your kid get to school, the box will just be there with their name on it. Oh damn. So that's what I do. Like I bought I buy like you my Amazon son. your son to the school. <laughs> Man, I Amazon Prime that nigga supply. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to Target and spending all that time in there. That's so fun. Oh, man, that's no, a shame. That shit ain't fun. All right. No, all right. I, you, I get him, and you just send him, and he gets to school the first day. His name is on the box, and he good to go. All right, so I, I hate to keep referencing things in your book, but your book is really good, and I hope people Thank you. keep it, like, from me asking you to tell these stories, we'll go out <laughs> and buy it. Um, there's a story about Mike Tyson in the book. Is this in the movie? Do you know what I'm, where I'm going? Uh, no, it's not in the movie. Okay. <laughs> no. Can, you, can no. you tell the story about the go, uh, night partying with Mike Tyson and what happened um, the day after? Well, it was the, we was in Japan, and um, we hooked up in Japan. And Is this when he lost to Buster Douglas? Yes. Oh. Thanks for spoiling the story for us. Oh, well. What? Not, <laughs> <laughs> well, we knew he lost. I mean, that was well, but, <laughs> but you didn't know that's what we were, where, we, where this was going. I'll right. take the edit out. Well, all right. listen, we'll edit. We, we basically stayed up all night partying okay. with, like, maybe 12 Japanese girls and just me and Mike. And... um it was just the funniest night ever. We had a ball, but it was just the funniest night ever. I kept telling them, I kept telling them, and I kept telling them. I was like, Mike, you need to go get some sleep. You got to fight tomorrow. He's like, Bobby, listen, Buster Douglas is, he's an amateur. He said, he said I, could, I could beat him if I didn't sleep for five weeks. He said, "He said, watch, watch how quick this fight ends. This is going to be one of my quickest fights." Man. I was like, "Mike, all right." He was like, "Don't worry, man. You worry so much." I was like, "All right." Pride goes before the fall. And what? Damn. Lo and behold, I had to go to Osaka, and and I couldn't go to the fight. I had to go to Osaka, and um, I'm sitting there at this this emperor's place. And he has it on this big screen, and I'm like, we're watching it. And I'm looking at Mike, and I'm seeing the fatigue in him. And I was just like, oh, shit. <laughs> and then them, them punches came. Boom, 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 boom. And I just started crying like Yo, a baby. Listen, man, You're a good I was I, no, I cried so bad. You're a good you don't understand. I was in like I fifth grade when so that happened. Bad. Man, wasn't that shit like watching Superman? Like that was that was I cried. That hurt. That hurt. Yeah, that hurt. It I mean it hurt me to my core. I was just like I couldn't I couldn't breathe. And I had to go on stage. So mm. I was just like I think that's when I started having panic attacks, you know, and just like I was like, oh my God, he's gonna kill me. 
he's gonna, he's gonna, he's just gonna, he's just gonna destroy me when he sees me. But I was like, I was like, yo. But then I started thinking about it. You told him to go home. I kept telling this man to go to bed. (laughs) Why would he be mad at me? (laughs) What What was it like after y'all met? After After he After the fight, he called me on the phone. He said, Bob, you was right. He said you were so right. He said I was so sleepy in there. My legs were, my legs were mush in there. He said that's down. why. He said that's why Cousin Marvel told me don't have sex before exactly. a fight. Yeah, I was and like, let, yeah, and you had a lot exactly. of sex too. Oh, oh, Japanese. You had a lot of sex. It wasn't. It wasn't just one person. You had a lot of sex. No more body fluids left. You can't had to do it. Oh God. He wasn't drinking alkaline then. Man. <laughs> What you say? She said drinking alkaline, alkaline water. Yeah, replenishes electrolytes. Bam. So, so like, what's your life like now? Like on a day to day, like what you, my life, what you do. My life now is beautiful. I think um, I'm in. I'm living my best days. Living my best life. Living my best. (laughs) Ain't going back and forth with you niggas. Living my best life. I love shoulders. Shoulders. Um. No. I'm. I'm. I'm so happy. Um. As y'all know, I'm 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 married. I've been married to my wife Alicia Sorry, for Alicia, yeah. for the last six years. We've been together for about ten. So. Um, and then um, we have three kids: um, a two-year-old, a three-year-old, and a nine-year-old. Okay. And um, so how many I'm kids is that for you? Total? That's six. Six. Total. Six. Okay, got you. Six. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> All right. I I know. I I have it on good authority as a foodie. Uh-huh. That your uh fried chicken game is bar none. Hands down. It's Tina Ferris in the- look at yeah, Tina. Yeah, yeah. Oh my right. God. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, I saw someone in the other room like look like I told you, nigga. <laughs> <laughs> and this is not the cocaine fried chicken you represent. No, no, this is not the cocaine okay, fried chicken. All right, cool. Was that real? But, but it'll make you addicted like Coke. <laughs> yeah. No, I have you know, we have a food line. Um, I know. Bobbybrownfoods.com. Um and we make barbecue sauces, mm-hmm. all natural, gluten free, mm. kosher. You know, all all of the all of the natural ingredients that we put in there um, are fresh. Um, and we we basically make it and bottle it while it's hot, mm-hmm. so that you know it's it's the real it's the real deal. You know. Um, okay. Then we have the fried chicken mix, which you can cook pork, chicken, fish. With the fried chicken mix, it's called brown bagging it. We give you a yes. bag. Yeah. Yeah. The new Larry's. You had the yeah. brown bag. Yeah. Yes. We give you yeah. a bag. You you, you get yes. it comes in a bag, and you can use that bag to shake it, uh, shake yes. it, shake your stuff up. And what's this Boston blend? Thank you for keeping Boston the hood, blend. Bob. Boston blend is like a rub, or you know, just like an everyday pepper, mm. which is which is also all natural. Um, you got. Recipes, yes, Bobby. Bobby's barbecue salmon. Yes, mm-hmm. options yes. for vegetarians. And That's right. <laughs> Speaking of seafood, and, uh, and, oh. and the everyday seasoning is also it's like a it's like Lowry's, but it's a lot better, a lot less salt, and it's 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 also you know gluten free and all natural. We are gonna cop some. I'm gonna cop some of that. Speaking of seafood, uh, I understand you you're big into sushi. Is that right? I am. I am. Okay. Um, have you ever been to Jiro's in in, in Japan? That's, that's Jiro's. right. Jiro's, yes. Yeah. I don't think so. He's the god of sushi. Oh yeah, Sensi. He's like 80, 89 years old. But 
You, I have to check him out. You got to see his on his Netflix. You got to yeah. see his uh, documentary, Jiro Dreams of Sushi, and like it's it's a pilgrimage. Like his meals are like eh, six seven hundred dollars each, Eesh. but it's Woo. people people make pilgrimages over there. It's almost like going to confessional just to fuck with him. Yeah, like it's wow. just you and him alone in the room, and he feeds you, you know, the best sushi you've ever had in your life. And wow. I remember, I remember going when I first ate sushi. I ate sushi in Japan at the Empress Palace. Okay, he invited us over, me and my whole crew. We we had just finished doing um, Tokyo Dome for the seventh night, okay. wow. and um, he invited us over. And I mean, the palace was so beautiful, and he just we we were like skeptical of trying sushi but it was like this was so long ago this was before all of these sushi restaurants started popping up here in America uh, and man I swear on my life this this food was so good it was oh my god and they had and temporas and all of that they had these little white fish that um tempura and I mean oh I can still taste it right now. Yeah, that's how good it was. And then I tried all of the other, you know, you know, raw fish mm-hmm. and things like that, and got my kids into it. You know, my older kids. And then um, I started telling them that the, you know, the wasabi mm-hmm. was dessert, and that was their ice cream. No. <laughs> That's not nice. That's not cool. I did it to my brother first. <laughs> and he took a scoop and put it all the way in oh. his mouth. And he was Woo. like, and he doesn't like anything hot. And his eyes <laughs> just popped out of his head. He was like, oh, I'm going to kill you. Man. Snow started running. Eyes started tearing up. I was like, <laughs> Man, before I forget, um, talk to us about how you had Boss Town in Atlanta and then how it became Stanconia. Okay. An outcast in that connection. That's right. Um, I forgot. Well, Boston was um, a place where, where we did all of the recordings for, you know, most of my stuff that I did with um, B. Brown Posse. Okay. And um, we would rent it out, you know, track. We would do lots of tracks. We had three studios. Um, but I just got I just got tired of Atlanta. You know, when I was getting ready to get married to Whitney, I, I was just tired of Atlanta. I was tired of being there and tired of the whole Atlanta scene, you know. Because um, what years were you there from? Ooh. I want to say 88, 87 to 90. 87 to 90. Okay. So 87 that- to 92. Okay. So that was, was Freaknik still running? Freaknik was, yeah. yeah. They canceled Freaknik back in. Um, it was like 90. Five, Nine, 90. Six, was it? No, 90. Around was that 90. Really? Yeah. Oh, around 90 because it was, it was wild. It was wild. I have never seen so many strip clubs on, in in my life. <laughs> I mean, strip club on every corner. Yeah, that's Atlanta. Yeah. Every corner. Yeah, I never got a like, chance to go. Man. I was like, isn't this the Bible Belt state? <laughs> Apparently not. Yeah. Atlanta is just, I mean, well, you know, like Atlanta is just like one speck of black people, but Georgia, like, is a whole. Uh, oh, yeah. It's, yeah, it's real. I'm from, I'm born and raised in North Carolina. So, like, my buddies, my homies would drive down to Freak Nick, but I never got a chance to go. I was too young. But. Yeah, Freak Nick was wow. So, was, you had the studio there. Else. You had Boss Town. I had Boss Town there. And, um, I guess, you know, I I, I told L.A. that I, I wanted to sell it. And um, 
he said, well, I got some guys that might want to buy it off you. And lo and behold, it was Outcast, you know, the Dungeon Crew. And um, I sold it to them and moved on, you know. Didn't look back. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. Well, you know, Brother Brown, we thank you. Thank you. On our show. Yo, thank you. Guys. No, seriously. Yo, you, listen, man. bro, like, for real, like, you are a survivor. Yeah. Man. Like, thank you. I yeah, appreciate and you, all. Straight up. And I want to thank you for all the sacrifices that you and, and the guys in New Edition made, because you guys basically gave up your childhood just to entertain us. Sure not. Thank so sure I, I want to thank you for that. Yeah. Thank you. You, you, thank you made a lot of people very happy. Thanks. Sure. Y'all made us happy. I mean, y'all didn't have to listen, but you did. Oh, no. We, 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 we had to listen. We had to listen. It was too good. It was too good. What else was I going to put on my cake tape? <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. All right. On behalf of uh, Team Supreme, uh, Laia and Fontigolo and Sugar Steve, you cool? Yeah, I'm cooling it now. Yeah, I'm cool now. <laughs> Boston Unpaid Bill. Quest Love, thank you, Bobby, once again. Yeah, thank for coming you. On the yeah, show. Thank you so much. You got it, bro. This is Quest Love Supreme, only on Pandora. We'll see you on the next go round, y'all. Peace. Peace. Quest Love Supreme is a production of iHeartRadio. This classic episode was produced by the team at Pandora. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring, but don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? With 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card.